Pantheria. Welcome to this episode of Dad Bod After Dark. How are you guys doing? Great. Thank you awesome. for having me. This is I'm wonderful. Jake. I'm Eric. Are you drinking I'm, eggnog? I, I was just going to ask, <laughs> what are you drinking? Is that a milkshake? Yeah. It's eggnog. He likes, he likes to get his bedtime milkshake. Cools him. Keeps him once chill. It, once I get done with this, I got 15 minutes tops before I'm out. So. <laughs> Good. And, uh, and, special, and I'm Jeff, guest, Jeff. From, the, from the great state of Texas. Happy to be here. How you doing, Jeff? I'm great. Thank you. What awesome, was that man. look, Eric? I was just Did I lose you great, great state, state of Texas. Of Texas. I was kind of, all right, I'd like to know more. Yeah. It's a great place. We don't pay any income tax. Uh, we're going to secede any decade now. It's, it's, it's going to be wonderful. We're going to do it this time. The first one worked really out doing it pretty well for a few years. Right? It's the only right. state, right? Six flags of Texas. Texas has been part of six nations. There's been six flags that have flown over Texas, yeah. So, yeah. some longer so. than others, right? You know who's ahead of Texas in the whole secession movement is California, where you're sitting right now, Eric. Oh my gosh! So, where I live is basically West West Texas in California. <laughs> is that what Bakersfield is? <laughs> it is. It's oil fields and agriculture and uh, MAGA everywhere. Except for East Bakersfield. They're, yeah. they're East Bakersfield is, is where all the hippies go. And all I the wouldn't yuppies. call them hippies, but they're, they're not MAGA. Um, okay. Yeah, this county's fairly conservative. Uh, if, if California was ever like, we're breaking off and taking half the counties in California would just say, no, we're, we're staying. Um, you know, there's not many people in these counties, but they wouldn't stick around with California. Well, there have also mean, been ballot measures to turn California into several smaller states. Yeah, three states or four states. You've got Jefferson up, up north. There was a ballot measure two years ago to turn um, to well, that they they put the ballot measure was that they would consider putting California putting a, a, another measure on there to split it into five states. It was like Northern California, Southern California. Um, California, Central California, and then Crafty, uh, Silicon Valley. And so the names need to be worked on. You need to, they, I those agree. Names. Yeah. So it's not great. Yeah. It, it really wasn't, but um, the state of, state of Sequoia, I mean, it, that would have been there. like Central California would have been Sequoia. <clears throat> if you're going to go like Northern California, they could have gone with Jefferson since that's been their idea for a while. Never happened. Slave owner, new name. Yeah, I, I no, know the, the Jeffersons from, <laughs> from TV. George and Wheezy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. So, so it's not Jefferson, up. it's Jefferson's. Yeah, yeah Jefferson's. Jefferson's. The state of Jefferson's. I'm from, I'm from Jefferson's on the West Coast. All right. Yeah. Yeah, they need work, and I don't think it'll happen. But okay, it's fun to hope. Well, here's the thing: I think, I think that should be a solution for a lot of these larger states, is because they're so different, right? Like 
New York City is so different from upstate New York. Yeah. So just split it. And Texas, do you really got? Do you guys really like Amarillo? Like, are you big fans of? No, I, there you go. No, if it's gone, it's okay. Yeah. So there well, and there's go. some states that are just bigger. I mean, if you notice, most of the states west of the Mississippi are basically the same size and the same shape. They're mm -hmm. rectangular. They're roughly the same size, but then you get some outliers, and California is yeah. definitely one of them. And I don't know the special situation that led to that, but there definitely was one because states were designed to be a certain size, not necessarily was a it, certain shape, but. Was it the Mexican-American War? When we, I, I, when we I don't know the answer. From them? I, I think maybe, uh, I mean, parts of California, yes. Huh. Parts of California, Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, Nevada. Yeah. And then there's like the UP in Michigan. Like Michigan doesn't want them. Wisconsin doesn't really want them. So just let them be their Heck, own Fox state. News thought they were what, part of Canada? <laughs> they thought they were part of Canada, yeah. <laughs> they did some map. <laughs> yeah. How did Wisconsin lose the UP? Did they really not want I'll it? I mean I'll tell you how. It was actually a border war between Michigan and Ohio in okay. the late 1700s or early 1800s. And it was like a blood... It was a blood. Well, here's how they solved the war is because they were fighting over the border between Michigan and Ohio. And they were both claiming that strip of land there because they wanted to have access to the lakes. Um, Ohio wanted access and Michigan didn't want to give it to them. So then, so then basically the United States stepped in and said, all right, well, we'll give Michigan the upper peninsula, even though it's not touching you. And Ohio, you can move your border north like 30 or 40 miles. And then Wisconsin, you get this one tiny island as compensation for the entire peninsula. And that's how they figured it out. There's a whole thing. But the island Wisconsin got, it's lovely. You should go there in the summer. There's no traffic. Does it have uh, a name? Washington Island. No, oh, there you go. Yeah. Is, is it big? No. <laughs> No, it's like, uh, it's a, uh, it would be a great setting for a Jason movie. Very small, very remote. So the it, only it way... was a throw in prize. They, they got awarded yeah. something that it's really nice. Yeah, it's nice, but you're not like, there's no industry that you're ever going to be able to build there other than the ferry industry to and from the mainland. Fishing. Fishing, yeah. So there you go. That's how Michigan got the UP. All right. There, I've always wondered because it does not make sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, I know. You know, and maybe it's from our perspective, but Wisconsin with the UP in addition to it would look very weird. I like. It would Wisconsin look like shape. a man with a very fancy hat. <laughs> yeah, I like Wisconsin's <laughs> shape as it's. I like it too. <laughs> it's the the hand with the little. You know, yeah. There's Green Bay. Yeah. Right. Of course, well, yeah. yeah, it's like when I mentioned Texas seceding to Jake, his big objection was <laughs> the shape of the United States is going to be jacked. You can't do that. That's yeah, true. That's too weird. Maps and t-shirts oh. and it's a whole thing. And Well, yeah. and to get across the country, you're going to have to drive out of the U.S. and then back into it. Unless Texas leaves Amarillo with the U.S., just gives it to Oklahoma. Yeah, because the 40 straight across runs right through there. 
Texas has its own power grid, so I think we need to keep Amarillo. I'm just saying. I don't want to start making demands, but I think that's the way it's going to work. Can you primary we're, we're not, we're not, we're, we're, <laughs> There's windmill farms up there. There's, there, there's, it's, there are reasons. Yeah. No, I know. Those windmill farms are crazy. You know, every time we drive back uh, to visit my family in Wisconsin or my wife's family in Pennsylvania, we almost always go through the panhandle and then Oklahoma and those windmill farms are just, they're growing like gangbusters out there. It's unbelievable. I guess I just never expected windmills to become a legit power source. No. And not only that, I mean, they're, they're building solar farms in Texas that are starting to rival what's popped up in the desert out there in Arizona. So a lot of, a lot of renewable energy. There's a big solar farm North of the 10, I th- it's across, it's in California, right? There's a big one out there in the desert. It covers square oh, yeah. miles. But there's several of them. There's they're they're amazing. All right. Good talk. Yeah. I love it when we drive to California and you have to drive through that that pass. Outside of Palm like Desert. Cal- yeah, and it's like the wind. I mean, it's a good, great location for those, those windmills, but man, it's like, I hate driving through that because you're fighting the wind for an hour trying to stay on the road. Yeah. Maybe that's uh, just me. One um, December, my wife and I were driving back to California from Phoenix and from about the time we crossed the border at Blythe until Palm Desert, it was uh, like 50 feet of visibility with the dust that whole distance. And then once we crossed those mountains past those windmills, it was gone. It was like an hour and a half, two hours of dust. Um, it was wild. Probably the windmill's fault. Yeah. Well, they, they, tur- they started, it up. <laughs> they turned them up and they were blowing the dust at us. <laughs> it was dust and feathers and beaks and bird yeah, birds. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> So our bird population is just now recovering three years later. Man, if it did pigeons only, I wouldn't care at all. If they could find a way to get a windmill to specifically kill pigeons and seagulls, <laughs> I would say there's no limit to the, the funding. It's all in the shape of the blade. All. It's all in the yeah. shape of the blade is what I understand. Just the garbage birds. You just got to make the windmill look like the roof of my house and they will flock to it. <laughs> is that what it takes? Yeah. Freaking hate pigeons. All right, sorry. I'm going to go off on a thing here. So. No, that's that's uh, fine. So, well, I oh, you got something? You, I think we're going to say the same thing. Go ahead. Yeah, I I did want to ask Jeff um since we have you on, uh, something that you're involved in, and we can get into some of the other stuff uh, later. But uh, tell us about Ambux. Unless I'm pronouncing that wrong, because um, I've only seen it spelled. No, you, you said it right. Um, Ambux, it's a nationwide organization started in the 20s. Um, the, uh, the branch out here in Longview, Texas started in, I want to say, 1984. I got invited to uh, to an Ambux function by a friend of mine and went out there and just sat in on lunch and um, signed up to be a member to really take advantage of the networking. And the more I, I hung around, I really uh, started to like the organization. It's 
it's run very lean. Uh, all the membership does all the work in terms of, you know, managing the organization and the, the books and uh, meetings and the board and all that. There's no, there's no compensation for anybody. So all the money we raise goes straight to our mission. Um, our mission really broadly speaking is uh, people with mobility issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we tackle that in our chapter in three ways. Um, the, the Longview chapter of Ambucks invented what is called the Amtrak. And the Amtrak is this modular bike that we've built for primarily for children with disabilities who are unable to ride a normal bike. So depending on what the, the specific issues are for a certain child, the bike can be uh, customized. If you know the child only has use of arms and no legs, then maybe we'll have a hand pedal on there. Um, some of the bikes just have a, a handle on the back that someone's going along with the kid and pushing them around. But anyhow, the, the Amtrak got invented by Longview Ambucks. And now it's something that they distribute nationwide. Uh, we have a a manufacturer who makes them for us. And um, that's one of our main things that we give away. But anyhow, so that was invented in Longview. The Longview chapter is very proud of that. Uh, so anyhow, we give away a lot of trikes. Another thing we do is we give out a lot of scholarships to the local community. Uh, those scholarships are occupational therapy, physical therapy, and speech therapy. We work with two of the local colleges, Kilgore College and Panola College. And last year, I think we gave out 36 scholarships. Um, last year, when we were giving away scholarships, there was no COVID issues. So we had a whole big thing and um, all the recipients came and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was really nice. I mean, I've, uh, I, I was supposed to be on the, uh, the scholarship selection committee this year and I was sitting there reading the applications and I read most of them. And I just, I said, I, I can't do this. I can't pick somebody not to get you, the scholarship. You would have so, every single one of them. Yeah, and it's not, we didn't have that kind of money and or we would have lessened the scholarship. So I said, I, I'm just not the right guy to do this. I'm sorry, you guys- Old have rubber stamp, Jeff Peterson, right? <laughs> just, yes, yeah, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Oh, you get bro. a scholarship, you get a scholarship. Oh. So yeah, we give away a lot and of scholarships. Um, they're great. These, you know, they're, they're need-based. These kids all fill out great applications and they come in and they get them. Um, I was in a board meeting recently and- these women came in to ask for some of our assistance in setting up this new physical therapy um, facility that they were putting together in their community. And we didn't really have a bucket of money to give to them from. So our, uh, our chairman at the time said, well, if we do this, it's probably going to come out of the scholarship fund. So we would have to reduce the scholarship fund to do that. And, uh, this lady teared up and she said, you know what? I, I got the scholarship from you guys for two years and I never would have been able to make it through school if I didn't have that scholarship. So in all honesty, if you guys would have to reduce the scholarships, then I'll go find the money somewhere else. I, I don't have the heart to have you do that. So that's awesome. Yeah, that was really touching. And then the last thing we do is we build ramps in the community. And those ramps are either for uh, disabled veterans, elderly people, uh, kids, who have mobility issues. Sometimes they've, you know, been in an accident. There's one kid who dove into a shallow pool and broke his neck. And anyhow, he's in a wheelchair now. Amazingly, he's been told to expect a full recovery. So apparently uh, paralysis science has come a long way recently. That's but, awesome. uh, but yeah, so we build these ramps and they're really nice and they're really sturdy and uh, they look good. And um, 
man, these guys have this ramp building down to an art. We can get out there. We're going out Saturday to build a ramp. We'll have a 30-foot ramp built in three hours that would carry 50 people on it. You could have everybody in the neighborhood standing on this ramp. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, that, that's really what we do. Uh, my favorite thing about Ambux is that everything we do directly affects our local community. Um, there are so many needs in every community and we don't handle all of them, but the stuff that we do is it's needed. Um, those trikes are, they're awesome. You know, we give one to these kids, they they come to one of our meetings and they ride it around the room and you know, these, their special needs and they're just, they're screaming. They're so happy to ride this bike around. And so these kids, they'll, they'll ride the bike for years and then they'll outgrow it. They'll give the old bike back and we'll refurbish it and hand it out again. But um, there's probably a hundred members in the Longview Ambux chapter and um, everybody's helping out in whatever their way is. And it's really great. So it's a, uh, it's a great organization. And like I said, it's nationwide. Um, I don't know if there's any in your communities and uh, Phoenix or Utah or California, but um, in the event you're ever looking for something to be a part of, it's really great. Yeah, it's cool. It's nice when you, when we see a post, um, the ramp building and it's like you said you get it done in a day but it's also like a lot of times it's local kids that are helping out do it and it's not just you know it's not just like you and and your friends but you get a lot of it seems like a lot of community support and uh seeing those kids one night cool one night i was over at a friend's house and uh we're having dinner it was friday night and um there were two teenagers at the table. I know both these kids, Kellen and Jamar. And I said, Hey, I'm waking up tomorrow morning at seven o'clock to go build a ramp. Do you guys want to go? Which basically to them is like, Hey, do you want to wake up earlier than you want and burn a Saturday to go help some people that you don't know? Yeah. They both jumped in and did it and got out there. And, but yeah, there'll be kids from, uh, there's an Ambux club at Longview high school. And those kids have to come out and help on a certain number of ramp builds and helping out on a ramp build looks good on a scholarship application. So yeah, there's always lots of help. Um, I've had my kids have gone out and helped out before. It's, it's really great. But I mean, if you go out and do just one ramp a year, you're going to feel great. And because these people that you're building the ramp for, you know, at the end of the day, they come out and they've been getting a wheelchair down some garbage steps out of a single wide trailer and it's impossible. I mean, it's not impossible, but it's impossible for just the person in the wheelchair. So mm-hmm. it's them in the chair, it's someone behind them, it's someone in front of them. And they've been doing this, you know, however many times a day for years. And now they've got a ramp where they can just roll down and roll up. And um, anyhow, it makes a big difference to them. And uh, they're almost always super thankful. They're bringing us water, ordering pizzas, out crying and giving hugs. So it's, uh, it's super rewarding in a, in a very selfish way, but I mean, clearly it's not a selfish endeavor, but it's, uh, it's, it's a great thing. That's awesome. So it's an odd question. Why do so many places need ramps? Well, in rural East Texas, uh, there are all sorts of living structures and a lot of them are single wide trailers. Um, okay. Most of the time when you get a single wide trailer put in, there's some pretty steep two or three stairs going up into it, which are fine for somebody able-bodied. But as soon as you throw a, uh, a walker or a wheelchair into it, you basically have to pick that person and or the wheelchair up at the same time. So usually when we're building the ramp, once in a while, it's on a house. 
that has some steps, but it's, I mean, the simple answer is you just get somebody who can't navigate steps anymore and they've got steps on their house and they can either get a new house or we can put in a ramp for them. And, um, you know, these ramps, they're all need-based. They don't pay for the ramp and it's, it's a good deal for the people who live there. So. Well, I think, I, I mean, that is, it's awesome. And it's awesome to see the, the stories that you share and, uh, you know, it's funny how something as simple as a ramp or a trike can change someone's life for the better, which is such a cool, I mean, it's, it's just such a cool thing to, to have that effect on, on someone's life in such well, yeah, a positive and just, way. And just in terms of community service, I mean, you know, it's, it's such a small part of the need in just my community is mobility issues. I mean, we're not dealing with, mm -hmm with hunger, we're not dealing with abuse, we're not dealing with kids who are sick. I mean, there's a hundred other things, right? Mm -hmm. And there's there's a lot of organizations in my community and I, we see them all, all the time, we interact with them. Sometimes we do uh, fundraising events with them where we'll, you know, we'll split up the funds that we raise, but um, just doing service in your own community, I, I, it's, I, I can't tell you how great it is. Um, you're improving your community. You're helping out people who really need the help. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of leftist sayings, but, you know, it takes a village and it takes a, a lot of hands to do this stuff. And if you're going to, if you're going to do mm -hmm. it locally, it, uh, it helps out a lot. It's good. It's a big cringe, Eric. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I'm okay. So Jake, there are, there are none of these ambucks in Utah. I'm still moving. I mean, no, I know. Okay. I'm just saying they're not there. In fact, I don't Thanks think for there's. Thanks the update, but I the, think the, I don't think there's any. The paperwork is signed. Like, there's no charitable organizations in Utah, from my cursory research on the Ambucks webpage. So okay. There's one. I think a couple the Mormon Church handles everything. <clears throat> yeah. Everything. They've probably got their own fiat currency yeah. too. I'm fine with that. They could pull it off. So, yeah. All that Pepsi um, money. Yeah. And all that big Pepsi money. So, all right. Well, I think it's something. You said there's one two hours from you? Yeah, it's Eric? down in Santa Clarita. There's, it's uh, trikes. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. But it's it's a way. I was thinking it might be a good service project for your students. Yeah, uh, pedal Something pushers like in Santa Clarita. They do Amtrak's, but you know uh, Santa Clarita is basically where Six Flags is here, so it's forty five minutes away. So here's a fun fact about Longview Ambucks: is the chapter that I'm in is it's an all men's group, and women come as speakers and I, maybe even a woman could join, not that she would, but um, apparently it started out, it was a full-on co-ed deal and all the uh, the wives, they all split off. I think there was some division in there and they're like, <laughs> look, you guys do what you want to do. We're doing our own thing. We're not doing this anymore. So all the women split and started Ambucks too, which is just down the road and they, they do their own stuff. And like, they've got all this whole Santa land thing going on right now with Christmas lights and um, so anyhow, they're separate but equal, of course, but they, they basically left. 
Like, you guys have fun with your little club. We're going to go yeah. start our own It's chapter. not like as much women and men. Like, it was husbands and wives. Like, there was yeah. a serious, a serious division there. Like, all the wives, like, they, they cut out across the desert. And- it's not like it was our bowling league or something. Like, this is like a charitable organization, but... I don't know what happened, but I'll ask some of those old guys about it, and they'll just like stare into the distance. And we don't talk about that time. Yeah, <laughs> looks like the, there was a great schism. The 1990s was a rough era for Ambucks and Longview. That's awesome. all of our wives left us at once. <laughs> you all got divorced? No, no, they just started their own rival Ambucks club. That's awesome. I mean, there's nothing quite like overlaying, you know, uh, oh, Sons of Anarchy plot lines onto charitable organizations. So this is, but it literally is like a, it's like a real life example of anything you can do, I can do better, is what it sounds like. The schism. Or I don't want to do what you want to do. So yeah, I'm tired of being mansplained about the trike again. We're leaving. No, I understand what an angle is, dear. I get it. Okay. No, I know you can't have too steep of a grade. Thank you. So that's awesome. So, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention our big fundraiser this year. So usually what we do is we have a thing called the mobility bash and it's this big party and we get together and there's all these, uh, donated food and drinks and raffle items and all that stuff and uh, it's called a drawdown so everybody who goes in has a number and all the numbers are up on the screen and through the night numbers come off the screen and whoever has the last number on the screen gets ten thousand dollars and it's a it's a significant prize yeah but we can't hold that event this year because of covid so what we're doing instead is um actually a rotary club in greenville um, I have some friends out there and they do this thing called the super raffle. So uh, they helped us to set up our own super raffle. So what this is, is for a hundred dollars, you get one super raffle ticket. And every Thursday of 2021, we will have a drawing for $500 and we won't sell more than a thousand tickets. So they're numbered zero to nine, nine, nine. So you don't really have just an entry. You have a number. So theoretically, a number can, I mean, not theoretically, a number can win more than one time. So that's how we're doing our major fundraising this year. So Eric, I'm going to expect you to put up a graphic uh, where people can go to, to get a super raffle ticket. And that's going to be longviewambucks.com slash raffle tickets. Uh, like I said, tickets are $100 each, drawing every week for $500. Um, if you buy the ticket online, I will mail it to you with a uh, signed thank you letter from yours truly. And uh, the money all goes to help the Ambux mission and zero overhead. There's the graphic. That is, okay. We can do better than that. <laughs> I, did I get it right? Longviewambux.com slash raffle tickets. Correct. Longviewambux.com slash raffle tickets. Yeah, Nailed that's it. it. 100 bucks. So anyhow. 1,000 tickets. Yeah, 100 bucks each. Uh, yeah. The, the more tickets you buy, the more chances you have to win. My quick That's math. Of course, every ticket goes to help out. So You're going to raise $100,000 there. Go on. And now back out the prize money. Keep going. 
5,052. Yeah. Minus, so 26,000 dollars, 74 grand. That's right. There's a few other little overhead expenses. So basically, yeah, basically it's 75 grand. So that would go to fund all of our scholarships, a lot of trikes. No, and, Bill and uh, Joe told us. me they were covering the uh, overhead costs. So Bill and Joe, they've got it. Bill and Joe. There's got to be a Bill and Joe in that group. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there's a Bill. Bill runs an auto body shop. He's awesome. He's funny. He's always getting kicked off Facebook. He's uh, wildly entertaining. Um, yeah, there's probably six Joes. Yeah. All right. See? We're they got they got the overhead right. covered. That's awesome. Cost it. Yeah, of the ping pong balls. Old nineteen sixty man names, and it worked. <laughs> the ping pong balls. You know, actually, what we do is the Texas pick three. They do a pick three drawing four times a day, six days a week. Does that shock anybody else? That blew my mind. So, anyhow, our <laughs> winning like, number seems will like be a bit from, much. Yeah, it does. It's overkill, right? I mean, and there's a 30 like, other ways to gamble like down at the, the convenience store. I mean, store. by doing it that much, I mean, what's the pot? Like $36? I mean, they're, they're not going to grow. <laughs> it seems, I, I haven't looked into it that much, but I do know that the Thursday drawing at 12.30 p.m., that's where we pick our winning numbers. So when somebody gets a ticket, um, it's got your, your numbers stamped on the ticket. So in the event, somebody wanted to get in and see, now, of course, we'll send out an email to everybody and, um, every week with the information about the winner, but, but that's how we select the number. So no okay. ping pong balls involved. No, no shenanigans. We, we got all that off our plate and it's above board. somebody else is responsible for it. It's probably against the law. I don't know, but I think we're okay. You got dominion coming in to work your machines. Don't. <laughs> that's a, that's a whole other episode right yeah dominion q on let's let's dig it all up yeah <laughs> let's let's really get into the weeds let's go from a honorable charity into unhinged conspiracy just sharp sharp turn on that it is exciting uh, it's it's a wild time to be alive you know when what is it the irish blessing or the irish saying may you live in interesting times now that we live in interesting times i get that it wasn't really a blessing they were it was more of a curse like interesting times <laughs> kind of suck so i kind of wish it was a boring time right now i've had enough of interesting uh, this, this wonderful modern year. age we live in is yeah. causing problems yeah yeah weird so all right well thanks jeff for that um i mean i guess we could end the show cuz that's probably the best part of the show we're going to have now um, with, oh. with that. But do you want to, but I, I want to keep going on, but I don't think we're going we to could just have random discussion from here on out. And whenever yes. you decide Dad is the most after appropriate dark. place to, no, 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 I'm not saying we should cut this off. I'm just saying we're not going to top that. So we've already, we've already hit Everest with Ambux. Now it's just a, a reckless descent back. Yeah. To the hey, so can, can, yeah. can you guys talk a little bit about where you went on your road trip? Because I've listened to the episodes and I didn't really get a good idea where you started, where you went, what you we did. I mean, started in Bakersfield and we drove to Phoenix. So the, the, the whole thing was that I was driving to Phoenix to pick up my parents' um, tent trailer because they were giving me their tent trailer. 
So I was going to drive back and then my dad was going to drive back with me. But for the first leg of the trip, my wife said, well, I'd like you to, you know, you should have someone ride with you. I'm like, who's going to ride with you? I'll be fine. And then I had the idea. So I texted Jake. I said, tickets are really cheap. I'll fly out to Bakersfield. We'll drive back and we'll just record stuff. So we stopped at Fort Tejone, which is uh, just south of Bakersfield in the mountains. And I walked around. It was an old dragoon camp. Uh, prior, it shut down prior to the Civil War, but it's where the uh, the dragoons, U.S. dragoons, would uh, they um, kind of do uh, deployments from there, and you know protect the valley and just keep everyone in line because a road, what is now I five, was a road. It was a major road in California, so they had to protect it. So that's when we stopped. And then we later stopped at a Wendy's. That's true. <laughs> and uh, with no uh, historical significance. Yeah. But it was a good Wendy's. I mean, it, was it was windy. Nice. Yeah. Very windy. It was really windy. So um, here's a fun thing about the road trip is uh, Eric and I have done a few road trips in our day. And right. I have always had to do the lion's share of driving. And uh, one time, so when I moved to Arizona in 2008, uh, Eric flew up to Wisconsin and he drove back with me. And by drove back, I mean, he sat in the passenger seat the whole drive from Wisconsin to Arizona, except there we go, for about we go. one hour in Nebraska, because he didn't know how to drive a stick. And what? so I taught, I taught him how to Still drive don't. stick in in nebraska and i said all right can you just drive like take this leg and like so i can take a nap and he goes yeah yeah that that's fine and then he wakes me up like less than an hour later he's like i can't do this man i gotta pull over <laughs> and i'm like it's a straight road for 300 miles like you don't have to do yeah i've driven through nebraska you could have put a uh, <laughs> a locking device on its steering wheel and you both could have slept yeah so well, okay to be fair it was uh there was construction on that road. So it was very stop yeah, and that, go. You don't have to shift. There's a lot of shifting, yeah. which was, that uh, was the problem, right? Yeah. Anyway. So it was fun you know, this for reminds me. me of, of when I was teaching my son, who you both know, to drive yeah. a stick and had him out in the Walmart parking lot and going through the whole thing and the whiplash and the tires and the body damage and the yelling and the whole mm -hmm. The, the the whole episode and he's starting to get it and as soon as we called it quits for that night and went back took him home and a few days later he's in my car and he's looking over he's watching me drive he goes Where, where's the clutch and all that stuff i go oh, i i don't have that on, on this car he's like what like they make cars without all that why do we have that car Dad, <laughs> and he's like I, i'm never learning that again i i don't need to know that i just won't buy that kind of car okay i can't argue with that you win yeah. Awesome. I remember, uh, gosh, when I was a, a kid, my dad had a, a big, beautiful Ford F-150. It had like the dual gas tanks and, and the big flatbed. It was like a 1992 or three. And um, one day they were having some people over for the house at the house and, you know, having a cookout and like a small gathering. And so I 
was just kind of bored because there's no kids. So I went into his truck and I was just kind of playing around and I accidentally disengaged the clutch. <laughs> it started rolling out of the back of our driveway across the street towards our neighbor's house. Our neighbor runs out and like gets in, stops the car and, uh, and uh, like, and I was like nine or 10. I wasn't old, very old. And uh, anyway, goes, gets my dad and my dad's not pleased um but didn't get he didn't yell at me really that much and but I ran upstairs and like hid in my room the rest of the day um and then later that year my dad this is now it's winter time my dad same truck he goes hey can you go turn on the turn on the truck and and put the put it in neutral and put the the stick in neutral <laughs> and I said which stick? And he goes, hey, you know what? Never mind. I'll just, I'll do it myself. <laughs> so suffice it to say, he did not trust me with his vehicle. Probably. No. Yeah. So. Sounds like you made the right decision. Yeah. I mean, I he was wanted shocked to... he was going to have you go do yeah. that in the first place. Well, like, this isn't going to end well. He thought one of the perks of having a kid is he wouldn't have to go warm his car up anymore and do all that other stuff, but he couldn't even well, he trust didn't have me to get his simplest. own beer anymore, right? Yeah, well, no, that's true. And I was really good at mowing the lawn and shoveling. So, um, and when you but, were a child, there's a chance that there you didn't have a remote control. I mean, I, I was the remote control. Do you guys remember being the remote control? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Seven Had, channels uh, and what UHF and VHF, the two knobs. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the VHF yeah, yeah. would go click, 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 and UHF would go. Brrr. Yeah. And you had to be That's like a Fox wizard. Was. Yeah. And then you'd be like, <laughs> and then uh, as, you, as he's telling you to like change it, he's like, all right, turn it. And then you turn it, he's like, no, you're doing it wrong. I'm like, I don't know how else to do it. <laughs> what do you mean I'm doing it wrong, dad? <laughs> it turns. There's left a to knob. Right. Like, it goes in circles. <laughs> I went from two to four. What do you want? Yeah. Gosh. Man. And you know what? Another thing about growing up as a kid is my dad had HBO and I thought that was the pinnacle of television entertainment. Is it not? The inter well, it still <laughs> is really up there, but like HBO was, that was like the premium thing. And now it's just one of many streaming packages that you can have. Like everybody's got a streaming network. NBC has one now. Like, so there's no, the allure of HBO wasn't quite the same as it was in the mid. No, in, in HBO when I was a kid, they had Wimbledon. They had this uh, this Gary Coleman movie where he was twelve years old yet somehow lived on his own in the subway in his own subway car and shined shoes. Yeah. And then Beastmaster. Do we all remember Beastmaster? Yeah. With yeah, the ferret. ferret. Yes, yeah. the ferret that would bite bad guys under the, yeah. yeah. As far as that animal was familiar, though, I, I feel like you could have gotten a better one. But no, yeah, the ferret was cool. Yeah, I, I started watching that the other day and something came up, right? I couldn't finish it. But I must have seen Beastmaster 50 times because HBO showed six movies for two years. And that was yeah. one of them. Yeah, no, I, I think I saw Weekend at Bernie's 142 times over the course of my middle school. Because and it of, just keeps know. getting funnier every yeah. single time. And well, and like my dad, he liked watching like the Larry Sanders show was on back then. Um, and what was, what was the other one? There was another one of those kind of 
Bill Maher, I think he got his start on HBO and John. Politically uh, incorrect, yeah. Yeah, politically incorrect. And John Stewart did, uh, I think he might have had a show on HBO too. So like, and there's a lot of comedy specials on there. And that's what well, I remember and, watching HBO a lot. And arguably the Sopranos changed television. So before the Sopranos, like mm -hmm. th there were people who did TV and there were people who did movies and never the two shall meet. If you did TV, you were less of an, an able yeah. actor than somebody who did movies, but then they started getting high quality writers and production and great stuff. And the Sopranos changed it. And look at where we are now with yeah. everything that you get in all these streaming services. I mean, it, it's nothing to see a Brad Pitt or a DiCaprio doing a, a TV show or a series. You had your Jason Bateman's all that. And mm -hmm. I think the Sopranos started that. So yeah, well done HBO. Well, in HBO, they were, kind of the first one to to push the envelope on what was acceptable to watch on tv because they didn't have to listen to the fcc right so they could they could get you know the violence and the swearing and the, the sexual content and all that stuff and that was kind of part of their drawn and everybody kind of copied them you know in some to some lesser extent uh but yeah hbo man i think we HBO all figured out a way to stay up past 2 a.m to see yeah. what's going on on hbo after 2 a.m yeah <laughs> and, 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 yeah and, and it was not worth it but it no. was fascinating but and here's another thing speaking of staying up past 2 a.m when we were kids is literally the networks would just shut down after like the 10 o'clock news they're like all right we're gonna play the pledge of allegiance watching the flag fly or the star spangled banner in the flag and then everybody go to bed and it would just be static until six in the morning yeah. Like that was, that was TV not that long ago. Yeah. And, and you remember cartoons were like after school and early morning Saturday and that was it. You yeah. better get your fill of Thundercats, GI Joe and whatever else. Cause yeah. Yeah. Six, there, to, six to nine, cartoons. six to 10. But after that it was yeah. into oh, college football. I don't want to watch that dad. It's your turn. The love boat. Yeah. Who knows what was on? Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So now they have a new Animaniac series on uh, yeah. Hulu. And, um, you know, we started kind of watching that with our kids. But I remember coming home, even I must have been junior high, even into high school, coming home, grabbing a sleeve of Oreos and a glass of milk, <laughs> four o'clock, Animaniacs, just me and that sleeve of Oreos. And whoo. Yeah, and good. now you've graduated to double stuff and a pint of eggnog and you're jumping on a podcast. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> the, the more we change, the more we stay the same. That's uh yeah. I just that's awesome. I so I we ordered eggnog. So we do a lot of the grocery delivery. You don't delivery. need to justify it. Like <laughs> no, no, let him tell the story. I want to know what's in the mug. So uh you know, we do like Walmart delivery or pickup. And uh, we, I ordered eggnog and I said, I need some eggnog and I need a bottle of Southern Comfort. And uh, we get the order and there's a, a and it's just Southern Comfort, 750 of Southern Comfort. And, and, and they didn't have the eggnog I asked for. So they gave me like a pint of eggnog. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not going to cut a strong it. drink. <laughs> so the ratio's way off. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I take the Southern Comfort and I go to put it up above the 
you know, where we have all the liquor. And I look up and there's a bottle of Southern Comfort, same exact bottle, but like has this much less Southern Comfort in it. I'm like, I didn't need another bottle. That's all I used last year. Mm -hmm. And then I got more eggnog. So, because that pint was not going to cut it. So, so now you're making up for lost time. Yeah. 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 Is there a name for this beverage? It's just eggnog, right? Eric, no, are you drink. putting Southern Comfort in the eggnog? That's yeah. where I thought this was. Yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, what do you call it. that drink? Eggnog. But no, it's eggnog. not eggnog. Is, does it have a you name? You got to call it like a. You got to call it like a barnyard or a. a yeah. Sounds good. Cinnamon twister. Yeah, there we think, go. Yeah. Is it? I think it's just eggnog. It's just eggnog, and everyone's like, well, no, no. Oh, it's clearly spiked. You can't give this to one of your, you can give eggnog to one of your children. You can't give them. You don't pour Jack Daniels into a Coke and then just still call it Coke. Like, it's not only rum and, you know, it's a whiskey and Coke. It's like, like a scog. Can, can we well, go with scog? Egg scog? Soco eggnog. Scognog. Scognog. Okay. It's a scognog. <laughs> Because I, I just found the name dog, for it. Skognog. It's called Soco Eggnog. That's kind of a lame no, name. I like Skognog. Skognog? <laughs> Is that what you said? Sounds like Yeah, yes. Skognog. It's he didn't hear you say it. He came up with it on his own. That's basically what just happened. It sounds like something a bunch of Vikings would drink. Skognog, right? Like yeah, Skolpafiskin. Skognog. Yeah. Oofta. <laughs> oh sure i got all this southern comfort from last year eh? and look at yeah. all the hill it brought me only brought me this much eggnog what am so, i gonna yeah. do with that oh sure yeah uh it's also all known as eggnog is also known as milk punch or egg milk punch yeah no, we i don't, don't like the, the sound it's of that Skognog. yeah <laughs> i'm just trying to see comes from noggin Oh, those are the wooden mugs to sell to serve alcohol in. Okay. Uh, come, can, comes out of England, though. Looks like. How much actual egg and or nog is in eggnog? And what's the ratio? <laughs> have you ever had no, just straight I, nog? Well, I've had. I know there's people that have made eggnog, and I've had the eggnog, and it's it's good. It's fine. You know, it's like the homemade recipe where they've taken eggs like right there in front of you and. But I'm sorry, just buying the carton where it's pre-made, it's just so much better. So much better. It's never occurred to me to make my own eggnog or to put lighter fluid in it and somehow make a cordial out of it. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yes, eggnog's great, what? but uh, I'm way too sober to drink this. So Silk makes a soy milk version. <laughs> which... Oh, no. <laughs> no. So... <sighs> How can you do that? The... Uh, one of the charms of eggnogs is that it's seventy-four percent fat content. Like you can't. Well, it still has. It still has that. the egg yolk in it. It's I think it's twelve hundred <laughs> calories per eight ounces. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a, that's that staying power kind of energy. You want to keep that. You don't want to. You don't want to replace that with soy or almonds. That's what all those. That's what all those Iron Man yeah. competitors are drinking out there. They're they're loading up on eggnog. They're hitting the nog hard. Very yeah. calorie dense <laughs> beverage. No way. Keto friendly. What have you found now? So apparently in 18, 
<laughs> so apparently, you know, uh, the army apparently has drinking problems. Mm. Um, so does the Navy. I can tell you from, <laughs> yeah, I know this. So apparently there was an eggnog riot at West Point. Uh, the eggnog on the, tw- <laughs> yes. the 23rd through 25th of December, 1826. Um, alcohol is obviously prohibited at the academy. Um, and that can lead to expulsion. So, you know, they thought drinking was starting to get out of hand in 1826. Uh, so they were informed that due to that alcohol prohibition, the Christmas eggnog would be alcohol free. So the cadets smuggled liquor into the academy. Gallons of whiskey were brought in. Uh, and then there was a drunken free for all, go figure. Um, and one cadet tried to shoot a commanding officer. Uh, 20 cadets were court-martialed. Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee were both in attendance at the time. Neither was found guilty. No kidding. The eggnog riot. You literally learn something on every dad bod history podcast, don't you? Yeah. There you go. Well, that's So I'm trying to think back to previous podcasts where I'm like, riding around on my tractor and listening to you guys. And there are times where I am yelling at my phone and all of those times escape me right now. But um, I, I would love to be able to, to go back to, I should take notes on stuff that I vehemently dis. And oddly enough, it's usually Jake. Jake gets in there with his quasi lefty stuff. And I just, I start yelling. Well, we're very yeah. disarming in the moment, which is probably what's going on. You just let yeah. your guard down, and we just disarmed you, and just in such good company. Look, argue with us about. Yeah, or no, we're I'm... just not talking politics. I mean, we well, we, yeah, we touch okay lightly this. on MMT, but we're, we're all pretty open minded to what's going on there. But there's been some. Uh... I, I was definitely at the uh, when you guys were picking. God, what was the one where you guys were assigning? Sports figures to money or oh, something. Yeah. Oh, not bar, but bar fight was awesome. Currency. Refacing our currency. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of yelling during that one. A lot of that was at Cameron. I'm like, Tommy Lasorda, pick Tommy Lasorda. And he never yeah. did. So yeah. He was very yeah, his, California oh, heavy on those, yeah. but yeah. So is that there a, a person? I'm just saying I I I I want to come back when there's something that, that we can get silly about. So. Okay, who do, who would you put on the? Uh, let's take Jackson off the twenty. Who do you put on it? Martin Luther King. His dad, not t- or Junior. <laughs> Martin Luther King Senior. <laughs> He's got a great story. First of all, <laughs> yes, absolutely, Martin Luther King Junior. Okay, I think I went. I love. I love nonviolent change. That guy, he uh, he was uh, he was a strong Christian. He wasn't a perfect man, but he uh, yeah he he changed the world that he lived in for the better. So yeah, yeah, I think he's one of those gimme kind of like if we were to ever reface our currency, he would be one of those top of the pick kind of guys to go on one of the bills for sure. You know that uh, his name originally was not Martin Luther King. 
both he and his father were Michael King and he was Michael King Jr. And a, so from what I understand, um, his father took him on a trip to Germany um, along with this whole Baptist group that they were with and all these ministers. And they went and they were touring Germany and they came across all the stuff on Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation. So when they got back, he legally changed his and his son's name from Michael to Martin Luther. Based on that trip? Well, that dog really doesn't like that story. Uh, there's, there's, I think there's coyotes outside. She's going to go outside and howl now, but that's good. she's almost out. It's almost over. He's a uh, Martin Luther King Sr. is still, no, sorry. He died in 1984. He's born in 1899. Holy man. Anyway, I didn't know that. I didn't know that he had changed his name. Yeah. But now if it was a sports figure, I mean, now that's a whole nother direction, right? Okay, so mm-hmm. that's your serious pick. Who's your, like, here's who I want to slap on the bill because it'd be great. I'd just enjoy it. Jeffrey Lebowski. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. I knew it. <laughs> Can it be anybody, anybody? Fictional character? Does it have to uh, be somebody from I, history? I can be fiction. They just have to be an American Could citizen. you do, could you have, like, the 10 be the dude and then... The 20 be Mr. Lebowski, <laughs> since they're two different characters. Yeah, no, it's got to be something like that, right? I, I yeah. think the dude is going to end up on some rarely used coin denomination, like some $2 coin or something that legally exists, but we never see. And Like and, a half penny. Like you have to <laughs> yeah. buy it for $30 from the mint <laughs> in four from, payments. Fr- from the Franklin Mint. Yeah. 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 And you know, yeah, you you could use it in a machine to buy a Coke. Soon they'll be I sending think it us comes with a plate. They'll be sending us commemorative tin Lebowski's. You know, like uh, like when you watch the TV and they they're they're always trying to sell us Morgan silver dollars. You know, you can buy all these Morgan silver dollars for like thirty bucks. They'll be selling us you know Lebowski tin quarters or something like that. Okay, so, so since we're going down this road, here's something out of nowhere. Can we? I, I love America, right? And Eric, I know you Big love fan. America because because you've got your okay. flag. Right? You're making definitive statements now. <laughs> yeah, Jake, now, where's your flag? I love Czechoslovakia. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. There's no clearly flags. stuff that the rest of the world is just killing us at, like dollar bills we don't need dollar bills like canada's killing us they've got the dollar coin and the two dollar coin the loony and the toony yeah dollar bills yeah, I, they come apart the, like, I, like yeah I, I think paper money i don't even know if it's it's the the cost the thing is just coins make more sense and as we've devalued our money over time which happens with interest right with happens with inflation the dollar doesn't need a paper denomination Yes, yeah, I agree. Do we need pennies? Do, no. We could even get rid of nickels, probably, right? Let's mm-hmm. just round it all to ten cents. We could. You know, I mean, I you know that that there's uh, what is what is the, there's a denomination less than a penny. It's well, uh, a half penny if you're in England, but I don't think in the United States we have one. Do we? No, there, there. I learn it by teaching math. 
It's um, oh, a mill. A mill. Yes, M-I-L. it's a mill, and it's the one tenth of a penny, right? You see it on gas stations. Yeah. So that's called a mill. So we already use a one thousandth of a dollar in transactions, um, but it's always rounded up when we're dealing with cash or with anybody who who's not running a massive financial conglomerate. Um, so you could just say, sorry, we're not using pennies. So the smallest denomination we'll use is a, is a dime. Other outside mm-hmm. of that, it rounds up or down. Yeah, that's better. Cause first of all, it costs three cents to make a penny. Then you got to haul the things all around and trucks. And I mean, if you see a penny on the ground, you're probably not even going to pick it up. That's how little it's worth. Yeah. But I'm sure whoever is a lobbyist for whatever state they're making pennies in is the reason we're still making all that copper. It's Arizona. I think that I don't think there's copper in a penny anymore. There's copper. Well, it's copper coated, but it's I think it's primarily zinc. Hey, listen, if you want to uh, drive all those copper thieves out of business, you stop making the penny. You drive the demand for copper down. I don't think copper thieves are making pennies out of their stolen <laughs> copper. So I like where okay, your head's but, at, but, but, but here's there's something. almost no way that's going <laughs> to impact the, the price copper, of copper. I, I, the copper I've thieves seen, do not understand how to make uh, fake money. They're not very good at the, the fake no, money. No, but game. it's the value of copper. So there's people who will buy bags of pennies on eBay. And then they'll take those pennies, dump them out, and search for all the ones pre-whatever year that they stopped using copper. And they'll pull those out and they'll be like, this copper that I have in my hand is worth three times the, how much I paid for the bag. So if a penny is made before 1982, it's 95% copper. Right. If it's 1983 or later, it's 97% zinc. And, and how go. much does a penny weigh? Mm, uh, two and a half grams. So what's a copper value per gram? I don't know. I'm not a copper thief. I don't. Well. <laughs> You're at. You should be happy. I got. I had the grams ready to go. Like, yeah, that was smooth. Yeah. He asked me that third question. He knew I wasn't ready for that third question. So one okay, gram, the, the, one gram of copper is worth three fourths of a cent, and you said a penny is two and a half grams. Well, a zinc penny. Is two and a half um, grams. Copper pennies were three grams. So, so a copper penny is worth almost two and a half cents. So if you get enough copper pennies, I'm just. Anyways, we could probably stop using the penny. You can't bail out now. Whole, Keep going, man. It's a whole. You say other, we're gonna get rid of the nickel. Get enough copper pennies, we can smelt them down and yeah, make our I mean own copper bars. Is that what you're implying? So then we need to get a blast pennies, furnace. Apparently we need zinc, which is far less expensive. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why you got to get the old pennies. Anyways. We okay, just so don't next need thing to. that America is failing <laughs> on, why aren't we on the metric system? What What's going on? Because. I don't know. You know if you remember, actually, we're trying to convert this. everyone back. Kid. Yeah, we're going to English. We're, we're using the king's measurements now. No, I, I actually read an article about this, and I believe – it was right after the Revolutionary War. Jefferson, it was either Jefferson or Madison, wanted to bring a guy over from France 
to to bring the metric system and he had like an official kilogram and an official um meter Jefferson you know, was, weights and, was weights such and measurements. Like a, never mind he a just Franco really file? loved the everything he loved about the french I, okay Sorry. before I we just, get into that they're, they're not but, wrong about so, everything like, so he brought he was trying to bring it over literally and then the ship it sh the ship got waylaid by pirates pirates took the ship that the guy that was bringing the metric stuff over to america to like so pirates use the, the metric, metric system, system. <laughs> no <laughs> they did after they, that they, they did stole after that, the metric system are <laughs> it's way better look at me sold meter. it to the english and then so that's that's why we don't have metric is because when we tried to bring it over pirates stole it from us like that's god's providence also, right there keeping us from the yeah, devil's when ways I was a kid, yeah. <laughs> At some time in the late 70s and early 80s, there was this big push and we were going to switch to the metric system. And they started putting up the road sign would say distance to Phoenix, 48 miles and also 67 kilometers. And there were two, mm -hmm. it was on all, and then that just kind of evaporated. I don't know what happened. It went away. We're like, ah, this is too hard. Would have been a but 77 thing, not, And this is maybe the most American thing ever is that we're like, we still, everything like, you now you have to have standard wrenches and you have to have metric wrenches. So you have to have both sets of everything because you don't know what you're bringing into the house that you, like if you're, if you want to change the oil in your car or do some minor handiwork that's not an Ikea bookshelf, like you have to have both sets. Yeah, socket of, wrenches, Allen wrenches, they all yeah. come in, yeah, standard and metric. Metric, it's just ridiculous, but that's, we're like, well, we don't want to change to metric but we're going to build a bunch of stuff in metric and make you buy tools to use it. I like, think Eric, there's how many feet are in a mile without looking? 5,280. Why do you know that? I mean, I know that too. This is so esoteric. Like, okay, how many feet are in a chain? A chain? I don't know. Those other ones are a furlong, arpent. a marpet. There you go. Arpent. 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 Well, what is it? Are all units feet. of measurement. Yeah. No, I know. A I, rod, I, I'm still hanging 16 on to. feet. A stone. Yeah. Pounds. A skosh. I like okay, it. Okay, because... but, but here's something because we use the pound, which is a measurement of weight. Uh, the metric system doesn't use a measurement of weight, it uses a measurement of mass, right? Kilograms. Yeah. So the only difference would be you're going to have the same mass on the moon as you will on the earth, but a different weight. Right. Well, I don't see why that's a problem because nobody's going to the moon right now. So, uh, we had this discussion. I know we did. We We're had our space colonies discussion. <laughs> yeah, space force coming back. It's happening. Oh well, Elon Musk is going to create his own special Martian measurement system, dweeb. So that guy's amazing. He'll, he'll probably go metric. Amazing honestly. dweeb. He will go metric. Isn't he like from South Africa? I, I don't know. Might be from Mars. Just trying to get home. Yeah. <laughs> Got and then the last thing, the last thing we should really change, can we just go to a 24-hour clock? Why do we have to have 7 o'clock twice a day? That's dumb. I don't know. Got to change I can see Eric processing. I can literally see you doing a pro-con analysis uh, it, in your head. I will say this. I mean, if I you're remember. talking about an analog clock, the difficulty is going to be everything's half the size so it's just gonna be 
again, nobody uses okay. an analog clock to be really precise. Thank you. So thank you for it's like it's roughly three or four o'clock. Can't really tell. Well, no, it, it, or we can just start. go to no. It's just better seeing. Hey, we're going to be there at nineteen hundred. Here's the thing. Well, there's, I have a couple of thoughts. One, this is also a lot of what we're discussing is Eric going back to his what he thought was really advanced timekeeping system, but is actually super primitive. In that, when is the beginning of the day? Sun up. You know, when's the end of the day? Sundown. Yeah. That's how we tell time by looking at the sun. Was Eric and, raised on a farm? No. No, he's. He's raised by a pilot, super mechanical and like precise, and in the middle <laughs> of the city. Like, no, we're going to measure things in stones and, and thumb size and feet size. Really wanted Ye my old son, uh, my son clock watch. You know, with a little dial. Yeah, Just I got to hold on. I got a sundial in your yard. <laughs> no, don't tell me what your fancy clock says. God's telling me right now. Apollo's got the time. I've got so. the time. It's the sun. Yeah. So you had some really <laughs> revolutionary ideas on timekeeping. Yeah. Well, we were discussing but, daylight saving time. And I got to a point where I was saying, well, why not, instead of having one day where the clock changes by one hour, do it over the course of a month, 15 minutes every week. You know, all our clocks, all our <laughs> phones can, all our, <laughs> all our didn't phones watch can handle it. Yet. So uh, all our phones can handle it, but three minutes a day. And then I got to the point where I'm like, why not just have all our phones and clocks all electronically and, and handled over the internet. Just be like, well, today the sun rises at this time. So that's six o'clock. I'm like, just go with when the sun rises. And then it, it, I went from where we are to super advanced back to really primitive. Yeah. I, I, I horseshoed that one. Yeah, it was a. So where do we stand? What, what do you guys think? Thumbs up or thumbs down on the twenty-four hour clock? I'm not against it. I think it's fine. But I will tell you this: when I first like could set my digital Casio or Seiko watch <clears throat> between like regular standard time and military time, and I set it to military time because I'm like, yeah, military time. That's cool. And that's all the tough. girls are like, which is oh, more like military. Yeah, time. <laughs> weird. I didn't get a lot of dates, um, but. <laughs> I think I did it because like, I like the idea of being associated with the military, but I didn't want to go through the actual work of like boot camp and, you know, sacrifice and, hard, and, so. and yeah. learning all the times. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I think we could go to the 24 hour clock. I don't see why not. It's just, I don't know, just uh, on face value. I mean, I know it's a change for everybody, but it's a pretty easy one and it's clearly better. Then you got to figure yeah. out like 12 o'clock. Is it a.m., p.m.? I don't know. It's a whole thing. Yeah, there's just one 12 o'clock. There's zero and there's 12. That's better. Yeah. I agree. So I, I think that's all of my old man get off my lawn stuff that I have. Other I than that, America is beautiful. I love America. So coins, metric, and clocks. But you're willing to secede from it. Well, or are you forcing another Or are you forcing the rest of America to secede from America? I don't know. Be I, the I, new uh, seat of government. I, th th this is a whole other episode. This is. This is. <laughs> I think that can this be isn't something to start and an an hour and a half into this one. So, and I don't have a Texas flag. I'm gonna have to get one, a little one. Ooh. So, oh, just the big one. Oh yeah, I've got a yeah, like a fifteen foot one hanging up in the shop. So, 
And there's one on the front of the house. Yeah. That's good. So have it's good you, to know it's being in ahead. Texas or even before, have you been to the Alamo? Of course. You know what I love about the Alamo is when you walk Go into on. the main, um, I guess it's the chapel built one of the main rooms and they have all the flags representing every person who's at the Alamo and where they were originally from. That's got to be one of the most awe-inspiring parts of that entire place is to see the origins of all these people who fought to defend their home, their new home, Texas. their adopted home. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you got the, like a German flag and an Irish flag, uh, you know, Florida and Maine and or all these other, well, not Maine, but all these other States these people came from and all the, the streamers for each person. Right. So like, North Carolina had five guys or whatever. So there's five streamers there on that flag. I just think that's kind of neat. The, uh, the first time I ever saw the Alamo was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yes. As you know, his bike was at, in the basement of the Alamo or so he thought. And the Alamo that they went to in the movie is not the real Alamo. It's like some other Alamo replica. And they went to it and it was out in this field and it was out in the middle of nowhere. I just thought that that was the Alamo having never been myself. And then I go to see the actual Alamo in San Antonio. It's like, it's in the middle of downtown San Antonio. There's yeah. skyscrapers and <clears throat> rivers and restaurants there. And and I've been there twice and I didn't realize it the first time I went, but the second time I went, if you're across the street from the Alamo walking along, there's like the, uh, all the weird kind of shops and not shops, but like, there's the uh well, the Ripley's like the river walk is right over there. Yeah. Well, across the street, there's like Ripley's, believe it or not. There's some other like places you can go in and pay for little experiences. But along that sidewalk, there's like a brass like strip down the sidewalk. And that brass strip is the outer wall of the Alamo when it was originally fought Where over. Where it originally stood. And yeah. <clears throat> because what's standing now is like the mission and the barracks, but the whole Alamo was this larger structure that had a wall around it that no longer exists. So I don't know, you kind of go to it and you're like, this is small. It's like, yeah, it was a lot bigger. So you have to take into to account all these other um, kind of areas of the, the outer wall and everything. Texas history is pretty cool. The whole revolution, San Jacinto, the Alamo, all that. It's super interesting. One of my favorite museums in the world is uh, the, the Texas History Museum in Austin. It's outstanding. Well, we're going to have to come visit right here. Yeah, you guys need to road trip it out to Austin or let's get some Southwest tickets and uh, go down there. That's no, it's got to be serious a content. <laughs> it's got to be a road trip. Okay. I guess I could... nothing excites me more than driving through New Mexico to get to Texas. We can take the northern route. Yeah, what we'll do is we'll fly up to you guys. I'll drop my wife and kids off with your wife and kids, <laughs> and you and I'll road trip from Salt Lake to yeah. Longview, Texas. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get real creative on how I pitch that to my wife that. You're she just going to come and dump your family podcast. off of her while we get to leave. <laughs> we might have to workshop that. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if she's going to listen to this. 
You know, I can tell you right now, I talked to her and she said no. So <laughs> right now she is giving me a look that's like- She's off camera me. right now. Yeah. Letting yeah. you know this does not work. Shut you know, it we're down, We're watching Jake. it together. Shut it down. Right now. And she's telling me, no, it's not happening. So if we could put together a fundraiser and get some airplane tickets from- We'll come out and build places. a ramp. Okay. Well, okay, Guess we'll watch. willing to let us come, but we'll watch people. Well, here's the other thing: I, is, I mean, I'm talking about getting you to Austin, and the Alamo is clearly in San Antonio. So we just need to get you I to mean, Texas. Let's just same get to state. Texas. We can start driving. Yeah. Same state. They're pretty close together, right? It goes on forever. Yeah, it's like yeah, driving I know. from San Diego to the northern part of California. It is, it is significant. Yeah, I, I remember well, driving across the Panhandle and just. It takes forever. It's, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but like from Texarkana to El Paso is further than it is from Texarkana to Chicago or something like that. I mean, it, it just Texarkana? keeps going and going. Where is that? Yeah, the Texas-Arkansas border. It's at the oh, Texas-Arkansas border, so it's way east. You're going to oh, fact yeah. check me and bust me right now. Yeah. No, that I mean that looks. I think I remember accurate or very close. It's significant. The sun's come up, the sun is set, and we ain't out of Texas yet. That's how that goes. So you're because from California to Texas, like like you're just knocking down states. You're Arizona, New Mexico, and then you get to El Paso, and like woo, Texas, and then for the next three days, you're still in Texas. (laughs) Yeah, but if you're on the East Coast it still takes forever. That's just because you're in traffic. Yeah, there's more people. Ugh, gross. All right. Oh, Austin's okay, not so too far Texas from San Antonio. No, it's not bad. No. New Braunfels is between you. That's where... Uh, okay, but... Isn't that where... Uh, what's that water park? Schlitterbahn. Schlitterbahn. Oh, my gosh. That's a <laughs> heck of a lot of fun. Oh, we can yeah. Schlitterbahn. We can go to Schlitterbahn. They've got uh, go-karts down there. There's a lot to do. You get up into the hill country around Austin. There's all these old German communities up there. There's great German food. I feel like Austin's pretty shut down right now, but it's it's really cool. I I say we set a long-term goal to all get to Austin. Let's just let's bring Cameron too. It's kind of yeah. We're gonna need to give him Flugerville. We have to give him like. He's going to need, what, like three years notice? Yeah, so tell him now. And Got a town call in 2023. Yeah, Lugerville. Yeah, we'll get him out there. How far is that? It looks like a bit of a drive. Okay, let's not... Okay, we're just planning a road trip right now, so let's... Yeah, he's on travel this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I got tickets. We're booked. <laughs> All right. Well, Jeff, thanks for coming on, man. It was awesome talking to you, and... Uh, We'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. Yep, I love the podcast. I don't know how much of this was usable, but uh, it's been a lot well, of fun. I don't, well, awesome. Eric's, Eric's editing style is quite limited, so he ain't cutting any. <laughs> yeah. Unless yeah. I absolutely yeah. screwed something up, it's in. And I didn't. Yeah, I don't think so. we had any F-bombs or real errors in judgment. I think we're okay here. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll this will be so. good. Um, I'll just... Text me that text me that web address for uh, the Ambux and let me drop that in there. I, I don't know if it worked uh, when I checked on it, but we'll 
get that figured out. I'll put a nice link on there so people can click on it and all that good stuff. I've seen you superimpose Harriet Tubman and Vince Scully in a fist fight. So I think you can get a website address onto the screen. <laughs> yeah. And what a fist fight it would be. All right. Thanks everybody for coming and uh, like, subscribe, follow, and we'll talk to y'all next time. See you guys.